All right, Byrne. I hope you can hear me all right. I'm going to tell my story today per request of the Circle Change, the uh, the Moose soundtrack. So I'm going to give you my uh, story for uh, Harvey Martin. My name is Harvey Martin. I'm uh, the founder of the MindStrong Project. I've also uh, been involved with Major League Baseball for the past couple of years. I've done some work with the Milwaukee Brewers since 2015. I uh, was playing in their organization in 2013. So I was in their organization 13, 14, and 15. After 15, I helped them out as an intern in my master's degree uh, when I was going through a sport performance department through Minnesota State Mankato to get my master's. Uh, I did an internship with their Midwest area scout, Drew Anderson, in 2015, which will make sense to where MindStrong is at now, headed into the year 2021. So I grew up, I grew up in Michigan, Farmington, Michigan is where I grew up. I was there for a little bit and through middle school and then my family moved to Columbus, Ohio for a few years and then we moved back to Michigan. Uh, Farmington's just outside Detroit, it's a suburb outside Detroit. Uh, was there in and out, obviously I spent some time, like I said, in Ohio, but hometown is always going to be Farmington. When I was growing up, uh, big into sports, baseball, football, basketball, my dad was in the newspaper business so he was in he did circulation management for newspapers he would basically tell newspaper boys where to go newspaper boys or gals where to go where they're going to drop stuff off and how that all works so my first job growing up was actually a paper boy so I was a paper boy for my dad all through high school had some landscaping jobs did some you know some of that outdoor work and always sort of was around sports in Detroit uh, and then it, obviously when I was in Columbus, I was around, that was more of the Buckeye Nation, Columbus, Ohio, for Ohio State. Where I was in Michigan, I was, you know, heavily into Detroit Pistons, the Tigers, these sort of things. But I was around sports through my dad's job. That was, they covered mostly the sport aspects, so I did that. Uh, I grew up in a family that was heavily involved in sports. My uncle won a World Series with the St. Louis Cardinals, was very close to me growing up, was one of my main coaches. Uh, he's obviously played baseball in the big leagues past that as well with the Detroit Tigers. Uh, my dad was a bullpen catcher for the Detroit Tigers. My grandpa played uh, professional to a degree and was a uh, was played baseball at Eastern Michigan. I believe played football there as well. And so we just had a lot of a lot of athletics going around our side of the family. And then when I was growing up, I was pretty good at sports growing up. So it wasn't something that was out of the ordinary. I was going to play collegiately, hopefully, and then hopefully play professionally. That was always sort of the path. That was what I wanted to do, what I wanted to be. Uh, and it was really, it was a really good time. So like I said, after moving back to Michigan from Ohio, I ended up going to Central Michigan on a scholarship to play baseball there. CMU was CMU was one of my it was one of my top schools it was it was, might have been my top school when I was growing up it just was a school that was really it was a really cool spot we had a family cabin up around Mount Pleasant Michigan it was an area that I really wanted to go to even when I was younger when I got my scholarship offer there I went there over schools like Michigan State Ohio State was an opportunity um, and had some bigger schools outside of the uh, outside of the country outside of the state in the Midwest that were were flirting with me but it was it was right when I got the CMU scholarship I took it and I ran with it so I ended up playing there for four years I got my undergrad I would transfer to Minnesota State in 2012 and play my fifth and sixth year there before signing with Milwaukee so when I went to college 
it was a unique situation when I went to CMU I was a I went in as a pretty decently high recruit had a really good high school career uh, heard from a few major league teams in high school nothing crazy but it was definitely an opportunity where I felt like professional baseball was in my future and when I got to central it just sort it just didn't go the way I expected right I redshirted my freshman year I went in as a shortstop um, with a pretty good arm it was something that pitching was always an idea it was not a priority of mine yet but I, it was something that I knew I could do when I went in that first year, uh, I went in as a shortstop. I came out as a third-string catcher and a redshirt freshman. So you can do the math very, rather quickly there and realize uh, things weren't going as well as I would have liked to have, them have to have gone. So I go back my sophomore year. I'm a redshirt freshman now and uh, had a really tough fall. So for those who are not understanding of the baseball world, you play fall baseball on your college teams in the fall and then your season's in the spring. The fall has a lot to do with players like myself. That's your opportunity to sort of make the team or make a name for yourself. Get yourself into a position where you can have a lot of success. I did not do that. I went one for 30 my 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 first, my second fall back. Uh, I remember I had one hit. It happened to be a triple, so that was rather exciting for me. Um, but others, out of the other 29 at-bats resulted in outs. So things weren't going well, right? And uh, I went back to the team that year, uh, made the team, obviously made the cut just because of my scholarship, I believe. I don't know the inner workings of how I stayed on the team, but it started to look rather uh, dim. Whereas uh, my redshirt freshman year, I wasn't playing. I didn't play at all really there in uh, the, the early start of the season. And there were some times and oh, I had some tough conversations with my coaching staff where it almost seemed as if I wasn't going to play anymore, uh, as if that, that opportunity of baseball was going to end. And so like most athletes who have a lot of success most of their life, and then start to fail for the first time. I'm 19 years old. I had an experience not doing well. And uh, so a year of not playing at all and then doing really bad in my fall showing and then not playing at all in that first start of the spring was rather difficult on my psyche. So there were, like I said, there were some times where it was, it was hinted at me that I was possibly not going to be invited back or my scholarship was going to be taken away. It just looked like baseball had an opportunity to no longer be in my life, which was rather uh, mind blowing. As I've already told you about my family history, uh, my, my life growing up, like I said, I did not struggle at all with baseball or being that talented growing up. So b making teams and playing on high level teams in professional baseball was so much a part of my vision. Uh, and then this happened. So I had no injuries at this point. I just wasn't playing well, wasn't performing well educationally. I wasn't even close. I used to hold, uh, you know, low level 2.0 GPAs. I was just right above the line in which kept me available to keep my scholarship academically. I did not do well academically in high school. Uh, I've talked to people about this very often. You know, ACT scores were rather low. I believe I had a, I know I had a 17 and a 19. I can't remember the order in which those came in. So sorry, mom, I apologize. But all you needed was an 18 to get the scholarship and go to college. So once I got the 19, mom was rather excited. So that worked out in our favor. But point being, academics was not something that was in the, it was in the, the realm of what Harvey was typically talked about. So when my scholarship was becoming, uh, hinted at being taken away and academics were not a priority of mine, this became very overwhelming to a 19-year-old kid who was unsure what life would look like. And 
you know, I'll give a shout out to Sean Horlbeck, who is still a guy that I keep in touch with today. He's one of the best leaders I ever had. He was playing with the Chicago Cubs in their minor league system at the time, and he had come home to train before he went to spring training, or he came up to campus to train before he went to spring training, and he had asked me uh, what, I, how the season was going. He had moved on the year before, and I looked up to him. He knew I looked up to him, and I had just gotten ready to tell him uh, that I was actually getting ready to quit. So I, instead of being cut, like I thought I was going to be, I actually decided to quit. I didn't tell my parents this yet, but my, two of my good buddies who were just college students uh, at Central Michigan and I, we had actually wanted to send, we might have sent our transcripts in. They were either sent in or we had had them printed out, but we sent them to Arizona State. So we were going to transfer at the end of this year and go be students at Arizona State and be Sun Devils and have a blast. I always tell people, if you've ever been to Mill Avenue uh, at Arizona State down there in Tempe, it's it's going to do a lot on uh, on a 19-year-old of wanting to not want to leave. So that was a situation I wanted to go to, and I wanted to be uh, involved in that environment. And uh, so we uh, we were getting ready to do that, and I told Sean that, and he had said that was too bad. He told me the, the best opportunity he thought I had as a college baseball player was a pitcher, because of my arm. So he had told me to go to practice the next day and uh, act as if I was joking around so that it'd keep it light and the coaches would let me do it. And he told me to throw a bullpen to our second string catcher and just ask him to catch it as a favor and uh, throw to him and just sort of uh, keep it light so the coaching would, the coaches would let it happen, right? And not to demand that I need to throw or I need to show off. I thought it was kind of stupid, but I also thought to myself, well, I'm going to quit anyway, so I might as well do that. And so the next day, I went there, and I had asked our uh, second-string catcher at the time, um, I asked him to catch me after I had been catching bullpens all practice as our bullpen catcher. So this is kind of the middle of March, which would be half a third of the way down with the college baseball season at this point. And uh, I asked this guy to catch me. And it was just as you would imagine, people were like, yeah, I don't want to stay here longer. The coaches weren't very impressed with it. They didn't want to really stick around. And so they had told me as long as I cleaned up the facilities and took care of the mound afterwards, I could throw as long as I wanted to and just kind of shook it off, which is a very common thing that coaches would do. It's been a long day. They want to go. And But I stuck to the plan. I threw a bullpen and I could tell later at the, at the end of my pen as I was just messing around, throwing as hard as I could, I was taking it serious, but I was trying to play it off as if I was joking so that I could get people to rally behind it. I could tell that my coach was taking an interest in it. So uh, nothing happened that night. I went home. I was pretty depleted. I didn't hear anything from any of the coaches. It didn't seem like anybody was impressed with my bullpen. So I went to sleep, sticking to the plan of becoming a soon Arizona State Sun Devil. And sure enough, the next day I woke up, I had a text message from our pitching coach, and he had asked me to come in and talk to him. And I go into the office, and he asked me uh, how I felt post the bullpen. He told me he, he thought it was pretty good. He watched a lot of it. Uh, he was actually really impressed, and he asked if I would throw another one. So I throw another bullpen uh, either that day or the next. It was, within, it was rather soon after that conversation. Uh, I go back into the coach's office following that, and he says, I was really impressed. I like this. Let's work on some of these things. Let's throw another one. So I throw another bullpen. We start working on some things, start working on some things. We get eye to eye, and then sure enough, the end, the last day of March, I believe it was statistically in 2009, 
or yeah, 2009, I threw my first college outing uh, and did really well. Threw two innings, had a couple strikeouts, no hits, no runs. Uh, came out of that game and, and found out that I had some pretty particular stuff that was intriguing to not only my coaching staff, but professional teams. And I started getting scouted and became our closer within like 24 hours. And uh, so I rode that out through the month of, month of April. I ended up becoming our number one uh, re- closer. I was brought into pretty much all of our high intense uh, situations. I was doing very, very well. Went into May doing very, very well. Uh, life seemed to be changing. We were obviously canceling that that trip down to Arizona. We're trying to make it to the big leagues at this point. And, uh, and life kind of shifted. Now, again, during that shift of... Uh, praise, if you will, or opportunity that I was all of a sudden starting to see. And I'm kind of speeding up the story. But the person that did the grades that was living the lifestyle that was doing these sort of things had not changed. So I was doing well on a baseball field and I was getting praised for it. I was getting acknowledged for it. I was getting new friends, new opportunities, uh, new attractiveness from the female species and these sort of things. Yet, uh, the human that had the habits that I had was not changed. And, uh, and sure enough, as stories typically go, the last game of the season, we're facing Western Michigan. And the first inning that I'm pitching in, I tear my elbow. So I tear my elbow. Uh, I know when it happens, it become it was going to be bad. I knew it was going to be bad. And I kept pitching through it and just hurting it, hurting it, hurting it, breaking more things, tearing more things. And I, the umpire actually knew of my uncle in the big leagues and knew of me and knew the, the path that I was going down in this recent two months and how much success I was having. He actually was the one that called time, walked out and told me to get off the mound as if I was ruining my career. And so, you know, obviously that's going to lead to some waterworks and some tears and it did. And I got pulled out of that game. I went down and saw Team USA uh, down in Arizona where my family was living at the time, which is the connection of the Arizona State uh, dream, if you will, of being a student. And as that took place, I remember Team USA's doctor looked at my mother and I and had told me that I would, my elbow was torn to a level that was unrepairable. Uh, I had some bone chips, some nerve damage, uh, some issues in my fingers. And he just told me that I would never play again. It wasn't something where he was trying to break me down. He just was being very realistic, doing his job. And he told me I would never pitch in a baseball game again. Now, obviously, to somebody who wanted to quit and then two, three months later wants to play in the big leagues again and has all this success, uh, it kind of hits you in the face. So that was the first time in my life that I really uh, decided or knew whether I knew and I had to decide. I don't know really what came first, but it was the first time in my life that I knew the way that I was and the way that I lived and the person that I was had to change. Uh, And I wanted to pitch again. I, I had felt success. I tasted it. And I wanted more of that. And I did want to play professionally. That was a childhood dream of mine. And I, I wanted to do it. So the doubt of somebody and the certainty in this guy's eyes and voice of me never playing again, it just took me to a level of thinking that only I can really understand. I've tried to describe it in the past. And as time's gone on, I've stopped because it just changed the way I was within a moment's time. And from that day on, I would have been turning 20 that summer. So from 20 years old, it really shifted the trajectory of who I am and what I do now. I, my grades and my GPA 
ended up going heavily into the threes. I started getting, you know, 3.5s, high, high GPAs in one semester's time. So literally changed overnight. Uh, my friends started to change. My circle of people started to change. My level of thought started to change. Uh, my workout habits, my eating habits, everything changed. And I saw life start working for me instead of uh, continuously pounding my head trying to uh, make things happen, things just started to come to me. And that would happen for the next couple of years where I, I went back to CMU. It took me about a year and a half to recover and get back. I did come back and pitch at Central. I just had spent so much time rehabbing and going through some ups and downs there that when I came back, they just had some other arms that were going to take my spot. Um, I had had some really good success in summer leagues. Uh, coming back, there was one of the leagues I was a closer in and had a really good statistical summer. We ended up winning a national championship. We were rated the number one summer team in the country. Uh, so I knew I had some talent. And uh, when I went back to CMU for my fourth year, it just wasn't in my cards to get the innings I wanted. Uh, and so I knew I had to get out and go pitch and get people to see me. So I ended up staying there in the fall of my fourth year actually my fifth year, the fall going into my fifth year, I got my degree. I played with the club baseball team at Central Michigan. They I obviously was off the, the main team and I performed fall ball, stayed healthy, stayed in shape. I got my transfer to Minnesota State Mankato where Matt Moggers let me get my degree in the fall. He, he let me not participate in fall ball with the Mavericks. I ended up going there in the spring and I was an All-American. I ended up going 10-0 and on the mound had a lot of interest with major league teams. We went to the College World Series, we were one of the best teams in the country. Unfortunately, that didn't necessarily work. Um, but the fortunate stuff was, I was going back for my sixth year, the fortunate things that had happened was I was, in, I was introduced to what's known as sports psychology uh, in the mental game of sports. I'd been introduced to it years before, but not to the level. I was now in grad school taking sports psych classes. Uh, I was learning about, you know, your psychology. I was learning about how your brain works, how emotions work, how choices work. And I could see how it made sense based off of everything that happened years prior with that elbow surgery, because I had witnessed it all happen first. And then I was being taught what took place. And that connected with me on a whole new level, uh, which is what ties into MindStrong. In August of 2012, I was told one morning that I would uh, sign with the Los Angeles Dodgers as a free agent. It was uh, it was rather quick. It happened in the morning. I, I, I told the guys that were helping me out that I was in. I wanted to sign with them. It seemed like it was somewhat of a done deal. Uh, that same day, later that day, uh, it ended up not being a done deal. They decided to go somebody else. I had made the poor choice of telling my family and friends that I was signing with the Dodgers. I was going to opt out of going back to uh, Mankato for my sixth year. And uh, again, it just didn't go my way. So I don't sign with the Dodgers. And again, I'd, I'd had adversity before. I was learning sports psychology. I was utilizing sports psychology and mental training. I was very dialed in on the way I was training and the person that I was trying to become. And I wanted to be a professional athlete. So uh, in that August going in, I'm a month away from fall ball in my sixth year. Uh, there was a night that I spent where I wrote in my phone that I would win the national pitcher of the year and I had an alarm set off. And I just wrote that all around my dorm or my apartment at the time uh, where I was living, my truck. I put anything that I could see, anything that I would be the national pitcher of the year. 
And I said the the velocities I would throw. I told exactly how many people, like what I would have that year, how many I'd be an All-American that I would sign play professionally. And uh, I just visualized it. I visualized it. I meditated on it. I thought on it. And I lived on it. And I just acted upon those thoughts. And then that year, I ended up winning National Pitch of the Year. We lost in the National Championship. Unfortunately, that was my only collegiate loss. Uh, I ended up going 19-1 and one in my career there. I uh, was a, the, an All-American, obviously, that last year. And then I fortunately signed a, a deal with the Milwaukee Brewers, and I would play professionally. Uh, but that was the that was probably past the Tommy John, that signing and, and writing that down and visualizing that, which I still hold the pictures of that to this day so that I remember that 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 strength in mind and what your mind is capable of doing. So I do that to this day, and uh, I think about that to this day. And so in 2015, fast forward, I ended up getting released, which was unfortunate, but my time had definitely come. Uh, I came across uh, an anxiety that kind of knocked me out of baseball. Uh, had some back issues, uh, had some run-ins with what's known as the yips. I think baseball family will know about that. Uh, had some illnesses, had some throat issues, and uh, just was not doing well health-wise. It wasn't anything that I didn't I didn't try to do that. I was trying to live as healthy as I could, but I just kept running up against these, these illnesses and these injuries. And uh, in 2015, I took all, all the things that I'd learned from professional sports, from some of these things I just told you, my sport psych experiences, my sport performance, the people I knew, and uh, I met a yogi who taught me how to breathe in 2015. It was breathing, get back to nature, sit in the cold, and understand your own biology, and that was how you heal from within. And so I listened to him. Uh, I did a lot of practices, and that winter I was able to start swimming in our lakes up here in Minnesota uh, in very, you know, very wild temperatures that would rattle people, you know, and, and I was able to handle the cold. I was able to do breathing exercises that, that strengthened my immunity. I was able to kind of eliminate my throat issues, uh, did a lot of things to learn my endurance, what to eat, how to live with nature, how to live with the sun, how to move better, how to think better. And uh, in 2017, that would turn into what's now the MindStrong Project, um, where what I do for a living now is I teach people how to perform uh, to a level that they can reach higher levels of capacities mentally, emotionally, and physically from what they already have. So whether that's learning how to mechanically breathe, how to improve your endurance through breathing, uh, how to improve your mindset through breathing, how do you take the one controller of your autonomic nervous system, which is your breath, and use it to your advantage to be able to shift moment to moment uh, in any of those realms that I just mentioned. So it's turned into and sort of organically grown into a, a human performance consulting company that teaches elite performers, mostly professional athletes, how to move in nature. We teach people movement practices, how to have natural primal movements that kind of bring you back to uh, how you moved as a child or a baby, if you will, so you feel good, your posture strong, you're able to uh, be mobilized and in, in, in strength and skill development in that capacity. And then obviously we use uh, heat and ice, we use sauna heat, we use cold exposure, we use ice, we use grounding techniques, being barefoot on the ground, moving through the woods, moving through valleys, anything that we can do to improve the cognition of your mind and simplify your thoughts through understanding yourself again at a more natural, human, holistic uh, 
you know, primal sense. So that's what I do for a living with MindStrong and as in what you asked for in terms of my story, how that all came about. Uh, it really, I look at it as I've seen myself be unhealthy. I know what it's like to be unhealthy uh, at a mental, emotional, and physical standpoint, whether that's from injuries, whether that's from uh, adversity, whether that's from a naysayer or a doubter or myself as a doubter on myself or lack of belief, uh, people in my life, I've seen all of that take place. So I know what that side of it looks like. Not that I know what the other side is as a master. I think that that's part of the process for all of us. But I've also seen the other side of what health is, uh, what it feels like to have energy, what it feels like to think calmly, to think in control, to move calmly, to uh, be more responsive with your choices instead of reactionary, uh, to sleep well, to have good meals, to be around good people. I've seen the other the side of both uh, coins, if you will, and uh, I've just made it a personal mission to live on the healthy side. And I've always reminded myself and those that I teach that being healthy is being useful. And that ultimately becomes our main job, whether that's a career path that we're in that we fail at or we get fired or we get hurt or there's something that we go through a breakup or we go through uh, a run-in with sickness or any of those capacities. MindStrong obviously focuses primarily with skill development and professional athletes, but the platform itself is meant so much deeper than that. It's more so to help people live a healthy life, be useful for their, themselves first and then their family and friends, and then choose the route in which you want to have, whether that's a professional athlete, a painter, uh, an, an artist, if you will, is the route I was going with there, a musician. Uh, maybe you want to be in corporate America. Maybe you want to be an entrepreneur. Maybe you want to travel the world. Whatever that is, you should have the opportunity to choose the life that you want uh, after the, you've disciplined and mastered the health that you have. So those are some of the concepts that I really believe in. They've come through a lot of, like I, I just mentioned in my story, some of the uh, failures. A lot of that came from watching what, how strong and how purposeful your mind is and what your mind can uh, come up with if you allow it to. Uh, and if you can perceive things the right way, how accurately you can sort of make choices that make those happen. And then at the same time, a physical sense, uh, it's our birthright to move. Uh, the non-negotiables of our life are to breathe, to move, to eat well, and to sleep. So I just try to dial in those. I try to teach those as best as I can. I try to simplify that approach and uh, live it and be around people who do that as well and then connect on a, on a whole new level and, and be have fun being a human. So uh, to all the humans out there, have fun being human. Enjoy your guys' time. And as always, Byrne, you're the man. Appreciate you and what an honor to be able to be on your podcast and share my story. So thank you very much and uh, take care, guys.